0: I have the luxury of bringing Andrew Hutchinson on. He's a veteran, works at Airbnb. It's going to be a great opportunity to do an informational interview. So here's basically the five general questions he gets asked the most about working for Airbnb, working in the tech industry. Uh, so this will allow you the opportunity, the listener, to, to hear it on your own time generate what questions you want to work out further and then reach out to Aaron or other people within uh, other organizations in the tech industry. So this is an episode that you're going to want to listen to. You're going to want to understand, you know, the keys and fundamentals when it comes to informational interviews uh, and really be able to, to jump to the next level by listening to an informational interview podcast. Thank you very much. View from the Skies coming up.
1: Play
0: up lay up way up Hi-ho, lock and low. All right uh, today my guest is Andrew Hutchinson from Airbnb, uh, former Army officer. He's gonna talk a little bit about his transition, his transition from the military into tech but but what he's really here to do today is provide his common questions and from the common informational interview type questions he gets asked. And, uh, we're, we're going to cover those five things, but, but first, before we get to there, Andrew, I want to say thank you and happy to, to give you the floor to introduce yourself and kind of talk through your background.
1: Thanks so much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Um, good to be here. Yeah. So a little bit about me, uh, I'm a operations manager at Airbnb. I've been here for about three and a half years. Um, before Airbnb, um, I was at a nonprofit called Team Red, White and Blue, um, and before that, served in the Army for about seven and a half years. Commissioned out of West Point uh, and then was in the Army from 2006 to 2013. Combat engineer. Uh, did a couple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, I think I moved about seven times in, in my seven and a half years in the Army. I was stationed everywhere from Fort Hood to Fort Knox. I uh, did some time at Fort Bragg and closed out my time uh, at Fort Drum to, to name a few places. Um, but, yeah, after I got out of the Army, um, Actually, kind of right before I got out of the Army, I started volunteering for a nonprofit called Team Red, White, and Blue, which is a nonprofit that helps vets transition out of the military. You know, a lot of vets, when they get out, struggle with things like anxiety, depression, lack of purpose. And so Team RWB uses physical and social activity to help with things like anxiety and depression, get vets, you know, connected to others, and kind of helps give, give people purpose again. And so right after the Army Uh, I started working full-time for that organization. I was employee number five, and I I loved it for a lot of reasons. You know, it gave me uh, the opportunity to continue working at a place that was mission-driven. It gave me the chance to give back, Uh, you know, giving back is something that's always been important to me. Um, It's the reason I signed up for the Army right after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I uh, applied to West Point about a month later. It just felt like the, the best and most right thing that I could do in that moment, um, you know, was to serve and give back by joining the Army. Um, And that's why after the Army, I joined this nonprofit, and I was employee number five and and got to learn a lot about how you build and scale things. You know, you wear a lot of different hats when there's only five of you. So, you know, one day I was doing things like fundraising the next day, um, you know, working with a design agency on on maybe a t-shirt design the next day planning an event. So it was a great opportunity to give back, but also to learn a lot about how you build and scale things. Uh, working with volunteers is amazing, but it also prevents a lot of uh, challenges as well. So I just learned a lot more about uh, working with, with different kinds of people, building relationships, and, um, and and you know getting things done uh, in the civilian world. Um, you know, initially I didn't even have Airbnb on my, my list of companies. You know, after three and a half years of working at a nonprofit, I was ready uh, to do something different. Um, the nonprofit world is great, but it, it can also take a really big emotional toll. Um, so as I started looking at you know, my next thing I wanted to stay here in San Francisco. Uh, like I said previously, I, I moved about seven times in seven and a half years in the army, so I wanted to to stay in one spot for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I was looking for mission-driven, um, values-driven companies, and uh, you know, initially I was actually looking at um, kind of smaller companies like edtech companies that that were doing some great things um, for the community. Uh, but you know, the more I researched Airbnb, the more I listened to interviews. Uh, and the more I just, um, you know, watching things like TED Talks, the more um, I started to realize that Airbnb was a company that, you know, I wanted to work for based on its mission and values. Um, yeah, so I've been here for, for three and a half years and um, I love it. Yeah, I hopefully uh, I'll be here, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. But what I love about Airbnb is that it allows me to continue to, to serve and give back. You know, it's a little bit different than when I was in the Army and at a nonprofit. But, you know, actually when I was Getting out of the Army, um, a piece of advice I got on my last day from a senior officer was he, he said, hey, just remember, Andrew, you, know, you don't have to wear a uniform to serve and give back. And, and that was something that stuck with me um, as I worked at nonprofit, but also here at Airbnb. I feel like in my role I get to serve and give back to the community, um, and it definitely gives me purpose and makes me feel like I'm contributing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's a little bit uh, about me.
0: Yeah, no. You you move from that that mission, you know, give back piece to to you know that that you know that the want to be challenged and you know try something new and, and something different and uh, you know I completely understand. Uh, you know, I highlight that in some of my vlogs of, of just trying to find the balance of that culture. Uh, the the. You know the culture and then the location and you look at income you look at you know growth opportunities And there is no there is you know, sometimes that you know, it'd be nice if they all aligned but it doesn't always happen that way and uh, You know, it sounds like you, you tackled that that first key necessary um, You know fulfilling piece for you and then and then uh, then you were ready to move on to the, to the next opportunity and I know networking probably played a while well, you mentioned it you know w- with with connecting with some of the individuals that you knew there in uh, in, t- in tech valley so uh, and and before you know when you and i first first started chatting uh, p- prior to this recording that you talked about like you know just the ability and the importance of networking so if you, if you can hit on that and, and then maybe one or other two transition tips that you might have that found uh you found were successful can you can you highlight some of those for for the listeners out there
1: yeah, happy to. Yeah, so I'll hit on the the networking piece, and then I'm happy to, to share a few other um, tips I have. But uh, yeah, networking. If I if I could only give one recommendation, I would say networking is probably the most important. And you know, um, when you're in the military, uh, for the most part, right? It's like you uh, you are on a set path, right? It's like you um, when you get promoted or when it's time to move on to your next role. For the most part, that's dictated by you know needs of the military, and so um, when you are coming to the military, you're just not really used to, um, like, you know, like having to, to network, you know, for your next role or having, you know, to interview. And so it's not something that, that comes naturally for a lot of vets, or it's just not something that we're used to doing. Um, and so it's kind of a skill that you just have to develop, uh, but it's such an important skill. And, and for those listening, um, I recommend, you know, about, uh, like a year out from getting out of the military, you want to, to start networking and connecting with people. Um, and, you know, and that's really the, the best way to find your, your next role when you transition. Um, either someone that you connect with uh, at a company helps you get the role or they can connect you with someone else. Um, you know, certainly there you, you can apply for roles online, but from my experience and from working with, with vets, I, um, you know, you have a much better chance of, of getting a role by, by networking versus just like applying online. Sometimes when you apply for a role online, it can feel, you know, really good to fill out the application, upload your resume, and hit send. But from from my experience at Airbnb working with recruiting, I can tell you that oftentimes when, when you hit send on the application, um, your resume kind of goes into a black hole. And unfortunately, a recruiter probably doesn't ever see it and so that's why it's just so important to network and through networking usually someone at the company can take your resume directly to a recruiter or get help you get a foot in the door so you can get that first uh, informational interview um but yeah i think part of part of what's hard for a lot of vets too when it comes to networking is, is um you know the culture in the military doesn't always stress like uh reaching out to others or asking for help or just admitting maybe that you need you know assistance with something and And just kind of want to remind folks that, you know, networking is not something that you really do in the military or have to. And and just when you get out, just kind of humbling yourself a bit and and reaching out to others that have come before you. You know, a lot of people have transitioned uh, before you and have learned some things along the way. So like, definitely recommend reaching out to people. And when it comes to networking, um, I recommend kind of two things. One is, is using LinkedIn. And, you know, LinkedIn is such a great resource to make connections and to network, um, so you can you can definitely find other vets uh, that are in the industries or at the companies you're interested in. Uh, reach out to those folks. Uh, let's say there's a, a vet that works at a company you're interested in. Like, reach out to that person, ask them for a, you know a quick 15 to 30 minute chat just to learn more about the company, learn about the culture. Um, you know, ask them about open roles, things like that. Um, and then also, you know, if you went to a particular school, you know, maybe went to one of the academies, or if you have other um, people in your network that you can connect with. But just, like, fi- finding those individuals that can help you get connected, again, even to the companies you're interested in um, or the industries. And, again, if I had one recommendation, then I would definitely say, like, networking. Um, if that's how I got my role at Airbnb. I, I had a few friends that worked here, um, knew a few bets, um in tech, and just started leveraging Uh, those connections and and you know as uh, someone who's now in tech um, when people reach out to me I always try and give them at least you know a 15 to 30 minute interview and while I can't always like help get them a job directly um, you know I can give them a lot of information about like the interview process about Airbnb about the culture here but oftentimes if they're also interested in other tech companies in the area I can connect them with uh, a friend or an acquaintance who works at those companies um, so that, that's kind of how networking works. Again, if, if the person you connect with maybe can't directly get you a job, then hopefully they can connect you with someone uh, who can. And so um, that, that, that would be my number one recommendation is to, to network and ask for help. And then when it comes to transitioning, I would say probably two other kind of really important areas. Um, one would be just like learning what I call learn the language. Uh, and then the second one would just, be like just be very deliberate and treat this like a full-time job and so when it comes to learning the language um you know really like from my experience what people know about the military is what they see in movies um and so it's like don't assume that like if you're in the army don't assume that someone knows what you did as a squad leader or a platoon leader or even like a company commander and don't, don't assume that they know what ranks like lieutenant or even even captain are um, so when, when it comes to learning the language, what you want to do is make sure that you translate your experience um, on your resume and on LinkedIn. It's just something that people can understand. Um, and so when it comes to job descriptions, each job description will have a list of requirements that they need for that role. Um, so let's say you're going for a project manager role. Um, you want to make sure that the word project manager is in your resume um, or if you know, you were a, an ops manager, making sure, you know, if you were a, a yeah, like a, a Battalion X3, which is like an operations manager, an operations lead, like making sure that that is in the title versus uh, the military equivalent. Um, yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people will uh, when it comes to their resume, they will have like one resume for um, every job that they're going for, and, and what you want to do is you want to have like a base resume um, that you know, it gets you about 70% of the way, but for every job that you're going for, you should definitely um, tailor your resume specifically for that job requirement. And, again, you want to make sure that whatever keywords are in the job description that you use some of those keywords um, in your resume. It's a lot easier just to have one resume and to, you know, use it to apply for every role. But, again, from my experience and from working with vets, um, it's much better to, to tailor a resume um, to the specific job requirements. Um, and then when it comes to, to LinkedIn, um, again, you want to make sure that um, you are tailoring LinkedIn to, to match the reality that you are no longer in the military and you're a civilian. And so uh, that starts with like having a good profile picture. So I see a lot of vets will have like their, their military photo, like their official, like for folks in the army, their official like DA photo. Uh, but what you want to do is you want to dress for the profession you're going for. So like, for me, working in tech, uh, everybody here wears T-shirts to work. And so for your LinkedIn profile, if, if you're interested in working in tech, I would recommend you know, dressing for, for like one step above what you're going for. So like if you're interested in tech, maybe wearing a button-up shirt, but definitely don't wear a suit in your photo. Uh, I can tell you from experience, like for people interested in tech, if a recruiter sees you wearing like a suit and tie, it's just kind of an indication that, like, you're, you're not ready for, for the tech industry. Um, and then also with LinkedIn, uh, you want uh, it to match, you know, your resume as closely as possible, but also take advantage of the summary section. And this is kind of your opportunity. It's almost like your ability to write a cover letter. And in the summary section, it's just your chance to kind of show a more personal side, uh, but to also connect the dots and show how your military experience um, has prepared you for whatever you're interested in. And so I definitely recommend using that summary section to hit on your qualifications, but then also talk about things that you're passionate about and what you're interested in doing next. Um, so yeah, so outside of networking, uh, I would say kind of two big recommendations are, are learning the language. Um, and then I the second thing i hit on um, was just like being deliberate uh, and treating it like a full-time job. And so um, you know, when, when you are transitioning, you should treat that as basically like it is now your job to transition from the military and, like, figure out what you want to do. And, um, you know, I think sometimes people spend maybe, you know, an hour or two uh, a day and, like, think that's enough. And, and I would say um, you should spend a lot more than that. Like, definitely treat it, again, like a full-time job and, and spend, you know, a few hours a day at minimum, uh, whether that's networking, working on your resume, you know, polishing up your LinkedIn Um, things like that Um, I also there's a few um, books I recommend Um, one is called the two-hour job search and um, by Steve I think it's Steve Dalton and you know he doesn't he doesn't try and convince you that you'll find a job in two hours but what he does do is he gives you a very specific way to to network to you know um, send out emails to people uh, to figure out like some things that you're passionate about like how, how can you connect your passions and the things that you want um, into finding you know that that perfect job, and so I recommend that book, and then also recommend um, you find a good book on interviewing. Again, similar to networking, you know, interviewing is not something that you really have to do uh, in the military, and so just getting a a book on some common interview questions, and then also like a book that lays out some good strategies for for interviewing, just kind of explains how to answer questions, but also gives you a methodology for. You know how you want to tackle some of the most common questions um so yeah i would say as you're being deliberate with um your search uh part of that sh- should include getting some good resources um for you know transitioning like how you network but also uh, some good books on, on
0: yeah no i appreciate you running down that that really and i'll add the the, the one you Alluded to or kind of said there. I'll, I'll say that's the fourth one is humble yourself. That's one because that comes up often hmm. uh, on this side yeah. of the house too. So uh, or from from talking to people. But uh, I definitely want to highlight the LinkedIn portion. I, I've done an episode with Matt Sure. He's uh, he wrote a book on how to optimize LinkedIn. So and and I got to interview him. So so for listeners, if you haven't listened to that one, check out that that podcast. I also found it very interesting. Uh, what you said about the tech company about dressing, dressing uh, you know one level up um, and and not wearing the suit. Uh, you know I've I've definitely personalized uh, my LinkedIn profile for what I wanted, but I, I had not uh, kind of heard that you know before, and and that's interesting piece and and I appreciate you sharing that side of it. And uh, the one you know the one thing I did want to touch on is is you talked about you know the how we don't network within the military we don't, I guess, formally network when we're job hunting or when we're moving from one position to the next or trying to figure out what the next path in our career is. But I, but you and I had a conversation before this where we, where we do network is when, you know, those deployments that we went on to Iraq or Afghanistan, where we were, you know, we were moving amongst, amongst the, the indigenous people or the, the population in whatever country we were in. And, and we were, working and building relationships with locals and local communities and uh you know local leaders and whatnot and and really that that, that is the same kind of piece that is the same approach you're looking for like you said those similarities what, what what is what is some background we can touch base on and have a laugh about or have a have a chat about that builds that rapport side of the house that that eventually leads to, to like you said it's not always going to lead this one Connections not going to lead to a job or it's not going to lead to um, You know Might not even lead to much more than that one conversation But it might end up leading to that second or that third level uh, of person who eventually leads you to to end You know where you want to go at the end of the day So um, I I found that piece uh, that we talked about prior to uh, Just very powerful
1: in and of itself. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. You know, I think, um, you know, network, I would say networking really is about building relationships at the end of the day. And that is definitely something that um, the military teaches you. And I think it's certainly, if you look at some of the strengths that veterans bring to the table, right, there's, you know, in addition to, you know, being able to work well under pressure, um, being used to operating on a team, maybe even leading a team at a, at a very young age, um, I think the ability to build relationships is certainly one of the strengths that, that veterans bring. And you know, I, I know from my time uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan that is something uh, that I certainly had to do a lot of and certainly was a skill that I developed. You know, I think about um, you know, as an exo working cross functionally with some of the civilian contractors, just like building those relationships to make sure, you know, like our, our vehicles were operating and you know, some of the relationships I built with some of the contractors um you know we were a route clearance company and so some of those relationships i had to build um both with uh contractors but also you know we worked with the navy and air force um and just yeah building those relationships um you know to get mission done and and so yeah for for the vets listening um you know networking is really just about building relationships and and that's a skill that you learn in the military and and um you know that, that's when you, when you network it's like even though sometimes it may not be someone that you um know um maybe it's a you know a friend of a friend or, or someone connects you um it's just maybe they're just a fellow that it's like it's about you know building a re- relationship with them and just um using that relationship you know to learn about a company to learn about uh, the culture and then uh you're know, hopefully through that relationship and they connect you with other people whether it's you know someone else in the company that can help um, get you a job or maybe they connect you with other veterans. Like here in the Bay area, for example, we have a huge veteran network and and oftentimes, um, you know, when people reach out to me and we we develop a good relationship, um, you know, Airbnb doesn't have an opening, what I'll do is connect them, you know, with friends at other companies, whether it's like Google or one of the ride sharing companies. Um, and yeah, that oftentimes helps them land a job at one of those companies. So it really is all about, again, um, when we say networking, it's about building building those relationships um, and cultivating those relationships. And that's, why like, it's important, too, to, to just, um, you know, part of the, my recommendation for transitioning is that, you know, when we hit it on earlier, it was just, like, that be humble piece, right? You know, like, just because you were in a specific unit in the, the military or did a specific role or just because you were good at your job in the military, like, doesn't mean that someone automatically owes you a job or you can just step foot into this world and, and um, you know, like not have to work for it. So I think just like kind of humbling yourself and recognizing that like you are entering a new world, but also that other people have come before you. And, And again, just building those relationships with people that have come before you and been successful and like leaning on those people, asking them for help and, and picking their brain to figure out like, Hey, what's the best way that I can set myself up for success?
0: Yeah, no. And, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the most powerful tool out there. I mean, you hear it over and over again, um, and, and it's something, like you said, I mean, a year out. I even think before a year out, you know, and then you're doing it. You know, you're doing it with the DA civilian or the contractor or the Navy, you know, individual. You're doing it while in, but you can certainly do it while in, uh, you know, totally outside. You can stop at the you know, the local eatery. You know, you choose to, choose to frequent that. That might be a small business-owned business owned operation and and have a conversation you know with with the manager just how it is to run small business or how it is to be in the restaurant industry if you think you have an interest there whatever the case is you know it doesn't have to be all within the military and i think that's the great part about networking it's free and you can do it day one in the military
1: (laughs) totally and and the nice thing too about networking right is uh often like you you know in the military um again sometimes you're on on this set path or you've never really had to ask yourself you know, like, who am I and, like, what do I really want to do or, like, what am I passionate about? And oftentimes when you're transitioning, that's, like, the first time you've had to sit down and think about, like, you know, where do I want to live and, and what do I want to do and, you know, what size company do I want to work for and, like, do I want to work for, you know, a mission-driven company doing this, you know, type of work, et cetera. Uh, but part of the benefit of networking, right, is you can connect with people in a variety of industries, right, and just kind of that can help you figure out, like, this is actually – where where I'd want to work, you know, because um, you can really, really get to know, you know, different industries very quickly just by talking with people, asking them, hey, like, what do you, what's your day to day look like, or, you know, like, what, what brought you here, um, you know, like, what, what do you love about your job, that kind of thing, and um, it's just the the quickest and easiest way to get information about a variety of industries, which will, will just kind of help you hone into like figuring out what you want to do.
0: Yeah. And that brings us to the meat and potatoes of this, right? So, so what we're here for, for the listener and, and for you, you is we're going to walk through kind of the five common informational interview questions you get, so you can bri- provide answers for the listeners out there. Like you said, we're all here to help. But there's only so many hours in the day, so maybe we can't connect with every individual or we can't get on the same timeline. So here's the opportunity for, for the listener to learn more about Airbnb uh, on their time and then for you to still continue you know, leave reach out and help veterans or, or anybody who's really interested. So I'm gonna launch in with the first question that you were kind enough to provide me. And that is, how did you decide that you wanted to work for Airbnb?
1: Yeah, yeah, so, um, when I, so when I got out of the Army, I, I worked for three and a half years at Team Red, White, and Blue, the nonprofit, and, you know, being in the Army and being at RWB really, you know, it gave me a chance to give back. I felt a lot of purpose, um, and, you know, yeah, I had a lot of, in the military, I had a lot of identity, like wearing a uniform and, and serving, and also with, like, Team Red, White, and Blue also had a real sense of purpose, but also identity. Uh, working for a nonprofit, you know, we, we had – a t-shirt, you know, that said team Light and blue with the eagle and, and kind of felt like a new identity putting on that, that shirt every day and, and serving and giving back. Um, and so that was something that was really important to me when I uh, left the nonprofit world. You know, certainly I wanted to stay here in San Francisco and and tech certainly had, as we talked about earlier, you know, tech had this certain allure, you know, just kind of wanting to see what that world was all about and, and you know, just wanting to be surrounded by really smart people. Um, we're passionate and um, but you know as I was looking at companies and, and thinking about getting into tech I also wanted to find a company where I felt that I could still serve and, and give back because that was something that was really important to me that's that's where I find a lot of purpose and identity is, is serving and giving back to others and so when I was initially uh, doing my research and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next uh, actually Airbnb wasn't even on my list of companies I was looking at uh, you know like some some uh, smaller uh, for-profit companies that were, you know, like doing things like edtech. I remember looking at a company um, where they, you know, they make inexpensive computers from third-world countries, uh, or another company that, that made inexpensive bikes um, to give, you know, to like doctors and nurses in third-world countries. So, so companies like that were, you know, they were very mission-driven, had a, a good set of values that I connected with personally. Um, but also companies that were allowing to continue to serve and give back, um, you know. But as I was doing more research uh, on different companies in the area, um, I had a few friends, you know, that worked at Airbnb, and, and just um, yeah, like I started uh, listening to TED talks and started reading interviews. You know, if you go on YouTube, it's pretty easy to find interviews with um, senior leaders at companies. And that's actually definitely something I recommend people do as you're learning about a company is figuring out um like where you can find um information about the company through like senior leaders so certainly go on the website and you you can read the mission statement and what their values are and you can learn more about the company but you can learn a lot about a company from what people at the very top are saying like if you find interviews with like the ceo or the cfo like the you know, Chief Operations Officer, you can really get a sense of, like, what the company values and believes in, but also, like, the direction the company is going. Um, and so as I listened to interviews and did my research, I was just really struck by Airbnb as a company and just how mission-driven um, it is and, and their values align with mine. And, yeah, it just it, it seems um, like a place that, was trying to do things a little bit differently just in terms of how they operated, but also as I listened to interviews about how Airbnb thought about like their, their purpose in the world, but also like achieving their mission while also taking into account, you know, the various stakeholders, whether it's, you know, the cities or the communities uh, or the environment um, hosts and guests, things like that. So I was just kind of really struck by that and, and um, got the sense that Airbnb was trying to be a different kind of company that is, not just thinking about stakeholders on Wall Street, but thinking about people that they serve. Um, and also, you know, like Airbnb is very community-based, and, and, you know, in my role and at this company, I get to serve and give back to the community, which which kind of fills that need for, for purpose and identity. Um, but yeah, so that, was, that was kind of how I ended up here at Airbnb, um, kind of a combination of, you know, wanting to stay here in the Bay, wanting to To work in tech, but but really wanting to find a company um, that was mission driven, in line with my values, and and would allow me uh, to give back, and and Airbnb was kind of at the perfect intersection of of those three things.
0: Yeah, so I I think you pretty much answered the next question, which was was it more important for you to get to a specific Mm -hmm. company or to a specific role, and. You know, I, I think you answered that question by everything you said as far as going to a specific company, but I'm sure role played played a part of it, right? So, you know, h- how important was that? Um, you know, to find the right fit or the right role opportunity when it came to also, you know, aligning with with everything you saw about a company, you know, with the with the values and the mission and all that other stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for for me, it was once I was doing my research on Airbnb, it became like I, I really wanted to end up at Airbnb but you know for the listeners I would I would just say um, you know you you can you could definitely fall into the trap of let's say wanting to um, you know have basically having your site set on one company and only one company right so you know oftentimes um, there, there are certain companies right that people hear about or that you know you use their products every day right or, or just it has a certain allure to it because of name recognition and you get this idea that you know I have to work at this company only that company. And, and that can be, um, that can be dangerous just because one, some of these companies, you know, they, they may not have roles that are open It's just very hard to even get that first interview. Uh, so what's more important and what I recommend that people do is as you're thinking about like where you want to work of like less, you know, maybe I have to work at this specific company, but think about what is it about this company that I'm attracted to. Right. And so like, even though I decided I wanted to work Airbnb, like what really attracted me was, you know, it, it, it was tech. You know, it's here in San Francisco, which I really, you know, I wanted to live in a place, um, you know, in one spot. But also, I, I love the outdoors here and you know, proximity to the mountains and the oceans. Um, but, You know, the Airbnb matched the size of the company I wanted to work for, um, the culture. So yeah. So as you're as you're thinking about like where um, you maybe maybe you want to work, I would I would caution like against you know, picking, like, just uh, a few specific, like, <laughs> uh, companies by name and just really thinking about, like, what is it I value? Maybe it's, it's, you know, a mission-driven company. Maybe you really value a company that has certain perks. Maybe you really, you know, just want to live in a certain uh, location. Um, so, things like that. Um, and that, that will kind of expand um, your options and not get you so locked into one specific company. Because, you know, there's a lot of, You know, if I hadn't ended up at Airbnb, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's definitely a lot of other companies that met my requirements of being mission-driven, you know, being a certain size, being here in San Francisco. And so I could have ended up at a number of of different places. Um, But also, too, one thing to think about, um, you know, for for me, having an operations background, like my first role here at Airbnb was kind of a project manager slash, like, ops manager role. And so it matched, um, you know, my, my background, but also things that I'm good at and also wanted continue to do. Um, but kind of thinking about, like, yeah, do you want to work at a specific company or is it more important that you find a specific role? So I certainly talk to some people, and I'll use, like, being a data scientist as an example, where for them it's much more important, you know, that they find a really great job as a data scientist. Like, it, it's less important that maybe they work at at a specific company, and more important that they um, just like get to continue to do that role, or find a place where they can do that role, or, like continue to grow. So, as you're thinking about like what you want to do, that's also something to consider: is like you know, is it more important for you to find a very specific role, or is it more important for you to maybe work in a particular industry, right, or at a you know a certain kind of company? Um, and you know, those are again, those are all kind of things that in the military you haven't really had think about, or even things like, you know, what size company do you want to work for? That's not something you have to think about a lot in the military. You just kind of get assigned, right, like an army to a platoon or a company, right, or you're in a battalion. Um, but, you know, in the civilian world, there's companies that are, you know, everything from, you know, two people to tens of thousands, and, and depending on the size of the company, that's going to really influence just, like your operating pace, um, whether you get handed a playbook and get told to execute this playbook, or whether people tell you, hey, like, we need you to come up with a playbook. And so uh, those are all things to think about as you're, you're doing your research of, like, what is it what, – what, kind of, um, what kind of job do I want to be doing? Like, what kind of tempo do I want to operate at? Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for this specifically, whether you want to work at a – like, if you want to do a specific role, um, that's just, like, something – yeah, definitely think about that. Um, but for me, it was much more important to end up at Airbnb because I was much more drawn – to the culture and the mission and the values um but i know but if if you're someone that wants to do a particular role then i would definitely say like focus on that as well
0: yeah and and i think to your point it's it really circles back to learning yourself and figuring out what you value you know at the end of the day um you know whether that's uh long-term growth because sometimes you might have to Take a step back in in a role, uh, but but that's going to launch you in a tra- trajectory down a path. I mean, I, I don't know. I use sales as an example. You know, sometimes you might have to do an entry level sales role, but if if you're really concerned about income and growth, well, you know, that might be your opportunity to gain growth and income if you have that confidence in yourself to to move you know move forward in that market as opposed to somebody else who might value, longevity in, you know, in a, in a specific location where they can sit, sit on a, on a job for, you know, potentially even four or five, six years or whatever the case is, um, you know, and, and not have to worry about, you know, constantly trying to prove themselves and, and move up the the ladder so to speak where they can get comfortable and really fix processes and procedures and kind of let things play out themselves so it's you know it, it all depends on what you value I think at the end of the day whether whether you go specific role or whether you go specific company or or culture or you know you're growth oriented or, or you know financially driven or whatever the case is so no I appreci- appreciate you sharing that there so you know the next question is is you know tech you know we're, we're, I would say in the military we're technical but uh, I don't know if I would necessarily say necessarily say we're tech savvy um, so so does that military experience translate to a tech company and then I think we hit on some of it uh, w- at the beginning with the resume and LinkedIn but but if there's any more highlights to really broadcast yourself as, as somebody who, who is a fit for tech how would you do that on the resume and on, on
1: your LinkedIn profile Right, yeah, you know, and, and I think one one of the biggest things for, for vets that are transitioning is that that piece of just, like, knowing your value, right? And I think um, that's kind of a big hurdle a lot of vets have to get over. It's just, like, recognizing that, like, you have skills um, and the knowledge and the experience, like, to be in tech and, like, getting over this idea or whatever industry you're getting into, like, just getting over this idea that, like, somehow you don't belong. And so I would just encourage that's out there that like um based on on your experience like you you were certainly probably i good fit for for tech or any other industry and just to kind of give you an example right it's like as a as a someone who's in the military right like you you learn how to lead you know how to work with others you know how to be a team player right like pretty good at communicating um it's interesting you know like google a few years ago did a big study um just to like determine what makes a good leader at google um, and, you know, they spent millions of dollars and, like, you know, interviewed uh, and did surveys for, with lots of teams, and, but, you know, they came up with, with eight um, specific things. I think actually they thought updated and maybe it has, has ten now, but I, I remember when I read this a few years ago, they had eight teams, and I, I won't go through all of them, but I remember, you know, the first few were things like, um, you know, they're a good coach. They know how to empower people. Um, they are good listeners, they're results-oriented, and they're a good communicator. You know, so if you look at all those things, right, like nowhere in there is like technical proficiency or like being good at a certain job. It's all about like basically your ability to work with other people, to build relationships, right? Like can you listen? Can you empower? Can you communicate? And so those are all things, right, that again we we learn in the military, like whether it was in training or just, you know, on deployments and that you had to do. Um, and so I would, I would find ways to like stress that, um, both on your resume and both during the interview process. And I can tell you now, now that I work, that I worked in tech for, for three and a half years, like probably the skill that I use the most every day, probably like a few of the skills is, um, yeah, just finding, finding ways to build relationships and connect with others. Um, empathy and like being a good listener, like that is probably the, the, the thing that I use the most every day, um. Uh, and then also, just yeah, the ability to communicate both like written and, and verbally. And uh, yeah, certainly, like in specific roles, you might have to be um, have a certain level of technical proficiency. But I think at the end of the day, whether you're an individual contributor or a manager, like so much of your ability to be successful or to get your job done comes down to the ability you know, to build relationships, to work well with others, to be a team player, and, and those are all things that, that you learn in the military. And so I think, you know, when it comes to resume, your resume and LinkedIn, of just, like, finding ways to highlight that on, on both of those. And, and so, like, on the resume, for example, like I know when I was coming to Airbnb and applying for this product management role, you know, like they wanted someone that knew how to work well cross-functionally and, like, knew how to build relationships. And so, you know, I, on my resume, for some of my bullet points, just kind of stressed about my time, you know, in Iraq. And you know, in Iraq I did I did route clearance, right? I was looking for, for IEDs. And, you know, I did I didn't talk about like the number of missions that I went on, right? Or like that I was necessarily like looking for for explosives. Like what I stressed was, hey, like in you know, in my role I had to work cross functionally with maybe EOD, Air Force EOD, I had to work with civilian contractors, developing relationships, um, you know, to build rapport and also just to accomplish the mission. So like I definitely stress more about my experience uh, building relationships with different with different uh, branches, with different units, with different you know people like civilians, um, versus like stressing like the some of the military things that I did. And that's another you know if you look at like an officer side, you know, um, or or like on the enlisted side when you get your evaluation report, like a lot of it can have you know like there's a lot of jargon, um, there's a lot of fluff, and and just like making sure that you take like, what you did in the military, it really translated into, like, highlighting specific things, both, like, things like your ability to work with people, but, again, like we talked about earlier, um, when a job asks for certain specific requirements of just making sure that you have those specific words uh, in your resume uh, or LinkedIn. But And, again, on LinkedIn, and, you know, we went over this previously, but in that summary section, I would just really use that to highlight. That's kind of your chance to write a cover letter, which is, like, you're basically a great opportunity to kind of connect the dots between your military experience and what you want to get into next, so, like, highlighting your qualifications, but also, you know, like let's say your, your role in the military doesn't match up exactly with what you want to do in the civilian world, It's just kind of showing the recruiter how, like, your experience matches up, like, what they need, right? Because at the end of the day, the recruiter wants to know, like, can you, can you give us what we need? And so you just have to show them very clearly, like, hey, here's my experience in the military. This is what you need. And let me sh- let me connect with you and show how like what I did and how my experience translates into like what you need as a company.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think that that translates perfectly into the next question, right? And that is, what does the interview process look like? I mean, I think you hit a lot of it with with you know being able to highlight those soft skills. But is there anything different out there that uh, you know you'd like to highlight for that interview process in in tech? Yeah, well, so one
1: I'll i quickly cover kind of just like the basic format of how it looks because, again, you know, interviewing really is not something that we're really accustomed to, um, you know, in the military that we really have to do, like, to get, you know, to get that uh, that next role, you know, usually you just kind of thrust into it. There's no interview process. Um, so, you know, here at Airbnb, which is pretty similar to other tech companies, I think probably other industries as well as, you know, the the first uh, interview you'll have is what's called an informational interview or like a phone interview with a recruiter. So, like, when you apply for a role, um, recruiters or like the hiring manager will review um, resumes, and if they think you're a good fit, the recruiter will reach out to set up a quick, you know, 30-minute interview. And in that interview, the recruiter is just, you know, kind of going over your resume, making sure like your background actually matches like what you put in your resume. Um, it's an opportunity for them just to get a little bit more insights into your experience, you know, what you've done. Um, but also, it's a great opportunity for you to ask them clarifying questions, right? So. You know, for every job, there's a job description, but there's also, you know, like what's on paper sometimes is a little bit different than what the job actually entails. So it's just your opportunity to ask the recruiter questions, a little bit more about the specifics of the role, asking questions about, you know, about the team, the manager, you know, the company culture and things like that. Um, so after that first 30-minute interview, normally what happens next is you have a quick, you know, 30 to 45-minute interview with the hiring manager. So, again, this is just another kind of um, – initial screen where the hiring manager can can ask you more questions um, about your experience to see if you're a good fit. It's also a great opportunity for you to ask them more questions about the role, like how they lead, um, you know, things like that, like where is the team and company going, that kind of stuff. Uh, And then after that uh, 30 to 45 minute interview with the hiring manager, normally what's next is, is business interviews. And it can... It can vary depending on the company or the role you're going for. Um, here at Airbnb, typically what you have after the hiring manager phone call is um, between four and six in-person business interviews. And so normally uh, those interviews will include, like, the hiring manager again. Uh, it'll include maybe someone on the on the team that you'll be working with. Um, it could be, you know, someone from another team that you'll work cross-functionally with, um, et cetera. So, again, it all kind of depends on the role you're going for. I've heard of... You know, some people, if it's a more senior role, having upwards of a dozen in-person interviews. Um, but I would say probably four, four to six interviews in person is kind of a, a good estimate. Um, and then here at Airbnb, we, we have some final interviews called um, cross-functional interviews, and those are just to kind of see if you're a good fit culturally, you know, if you believe uh, in the mission and things like that. So at the end of the day here, you know, between that first phone screening and the last interview, it's anywhere from, like, you know, 10 to 12 interviews um, for that, for the average candidate, which I think is probably pretty similar right, across tech. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, it's um, uneven in tech and it sounds pretty similar to, to what I went through for my current position as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to see that it's not all that different and you can really prepare yourself yeah. if, you, if you're interested in, in multiple industries. then. Um, you know kind of still align yourself going in the same direction so no, I appreciate you sharing that so uh, so now I'm I'm I've networked I've kind of worked on my 70% resume solution waiting for the job to tailor it specifically and then uh, I've you know end up tailoring it to the job I'm submitting that application I'm also you know actively out there interviewing reading some books and practicing you know, my interview techniques, what next, like, what else can I do? What are the next steps I should take to get myself closer to a successful transition from the military into the business world?
1: Yeah. So I would say probably the, the first thing after you've done, you done all that is, I think you're just like getting in the right frame of mind. So, you know, we talked about being humble before. And so I would say like, just making sure you kind of humble yourself and also, um, yeah, like just, just quick you know, it's, it, um, just because you serve in the military, like, doesn't mean anyone, like, owes you uh, a job, right? It's, like, you know, doesn't just because, like, you um, did some time in the military doesn't mean, like, someone's just going to, like, call you up and say, like, here's this amazing role. Like, you have you have to, to work for it, but also just, like, recognizing that, like, you are about to enter, like, something new and, and just, like, yeah, humbling yourself and, and not being afraid to continue to ask for help. Um, but also part of like humbling yourself and, and, and not quitting is just like the reality that you can do, you know, all, you, you can start a year and a half out, you can network, you know, you can get your resume and LinkedIn looking good. And,
0: you know, the reality
1: is right there, you are transitioning and, and, uh, but so are 200,000 other vets, you know, every year, but also, you know, while the military has a lot of great, um, leaders and, and prepares you for a lot of different things, like the military surely doesn't have a monopoly, um, on, you know, creating good leaders or qualified candidates. And so just, like, keeping in mind that there are a lot of other people who are just as motivated, just as eager to to get a role, you know, at a certain company or a certain industry. Um, So just, like, be prepared for, you know, like, companies to not get back to you about a role, to get a rejection email. You know, maybe you're continuing to network and, um, you know, you send people messages on LinkedIn or you email people and just be prepared, you know, to not hear back or to not hear back for a while, right? Or, um, you know, I, I, from my experience, I think uh, I probably did, you know, like 30 uh, in person coffee chats, just like, you know, learning more about companies, trying to network, trying to build relationships. Um, but, you know, probably sent triple the amount of, of, of that of like emails and, and, you know, didn't hear back from a lot of people. Certainly had my fair share of rejection emails from companies. And so, yeah, so I would just, I would just say, like, as you are transitioning, just making sure that you recognize that, yeah, you're about to step into something new, and, like, no matter your background or no matter how qualified you think you are, just, like, recognizing that people have gone before you, so, like, take the time to learn from them, Um, but then also just, like, keep at it. Like, there are going to be, you know, there are going to be moments where you get – just, like, you know, it's discouraging or, like, you feel like you were the perfect candidate for a role, and maybe you even – got pretty far in the process but someone else got it or you just, you can get rejected with no explanation. And and that can certainly be very frustrating, but you just kind of like, keep at it and like, don't, don't, don't get discouraged. And like, eventually you'll, you'll land that role um, that you want.
0: Yeah. No. And I think that that's more important now than ever, right. With,
1: with what, what I don't know
0: what the latest number is, 26 million unemployed people that'll be out there searching for jobs when, when hopefully uh, you know that, companies start adding more back after covid is over so mm-hmm. um you know and, and you're right you're going to get rejected and it's it's you want you, you you know our our we're type a people right so we're going to beat ourselves up but it but you need to try to stay positive and then uh you need to realize that that there's just other people and maybe you're, you're you know you didn't get through the ats model and it just is what it is there's nothing wrong with your resume it's not that you're not qualified there's just you know so many hours and so many days so so it brings back the importance of that networking piece and the, the, one piece I'll tie into that is, is when, and if you, you know, when you do land that job, um, which, which may, you might have to, you know, sacrifice a little bit uh, whether that's a location or, or a growth, or maybe not the, the, you know, your top five company or, or whatever, but um, you know, eventually you, you seek employment and don't, don't, or even if it is your top choice, don't stop the networking piece, right? So I see that's what I see from a lot of individuals. They get the job and it's like, Oh, I'm done networking. I got I got my job and then and then they're ready to move and maybe the right opportunity for growth or something changes in their life and they want to move location and it's like, Oh, I gotta start networking all over again. Well, if you were networking all along, those opportunities could have floated by more passively. Um, without you know you even knowing about them, so that that's my last plug to to wrap up that whole piece. It's just you know don't mm-hmm. stop networking, and really it's don't stop interviewing. You know look for opportunities to connect with people and to sell yourself and your brand and what you do. Um, and then and then that you know you you might end up landing with a job that that you never even knew was you were
1: applying for, so to speak. Right, exactly. I think that's such great advice. And you know, like you said, it's. Um... It's always just, like, important to continue to, to network and build relationships. And, you know, I would say, like, you know, if, if I had any kind of, like, final thoughts on, on advice for folks, it would it would just be, um, you know, like, in my role now, like, I had the opportunity to, you know, kind of, like, to this podcast a little, like, this opportunity to kind of give back, you know, now that I am someone who has, like, been in, in tech and, and transitioned um, from the military, just, like, finding ways to share some of that knowledge, like, share my experience, and so, you know, I've I've done, you know, some webinars, I I do some writing, Um, I average about, you know, six calls a week with vets who are transitioning, just as a way to, like, continue to give back, but to also, you know, like, share some of that knowledge of, as someone who has successfully transitioned, of just, like, sharing some of what I've learned with others, and, you know, hopefully helping them have a more successful transition, and so I, I would just say for, you know, for folks, as you transition, and maybe you get into that, company you want or that industry or maybe you know you've been out of the military for a few years of just like finding ways to, to give back whether it's like helping mentor other vets uh, you know there's a lot of great organizations where you can you know like be, be a mentor or you know there's lots of um great like nonprofits that support vets of just like finding ways to like get involved with those and, and just like to be a resource um for other veterans who are like coming up um behind you again i think i don't know the exact number but i think it's roughly you know 200,000 vets a year uh, transition, so like a large number of folks um, making the transition and like the more you can find ways to to reach out and give, give back to the community like just the, the better that everything will be
0: yeah no well said and I think I've heard about that numbers about the same so uh, yeah and, and it might even go up as, as the Department of Defense starts getting rid of uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know the the whole um, retirement plan it starts going to a more corporate model so uh, it's even more pertinent for for the people in the military to realize uh, that they need to start, you know, essentially transitioning as soon as as soon as they join or as soon as possible, uh, you know, at least doing the the networking piece. So yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, it's been, it's been great, Andrew. uh, And I really appreciate you stopping by and and hopefully this helps the listeners out there who are interested in, in learning from yourself and learning from Airbnb and and learning about tech in general. And. Lay up, lay up, lay up, hi-ho, lock and lo- I appreciate it, Andrew. Uh, I love what you, you're doing uh, and reaching out and trying to just find other ways to help veterans. Uh, I know there's only so many hours in the day, so uh, being able to record your common uh, informational interview questions and put them out there for everybody to listen to. Uh, you know, that's big, that's important. And I appreciate it. And it's all about leaving the foxhole better. It's what we're about here, a few from the skies. And it's what we do to help, help each other out, help veterans network, uh, grow, research, learn, uh, and, and really find that employment. That's a match for both the organization and, and for the veteran, the transitioning service member themselves. So, Thank you very much. View from the skies, leaving the foxhole better. Until next time.